0: The following is a teaching from Church of the Redeemer. Here is Pastor Robert Barriger.
1: How many changed last year? What a year. Uh, Like your pastor mentioned, this is our first, my first time in an in-person meeting uh, for the past 15 months plus. um, And it's a little overwhelming. Uh, We weren't able to travel. We went into hard lockdown for a long time, Uh, curfew on the streets. And like Pastor mentioned, not many people understand this or know this because you hear about Brazil or you hear about India. But Peru was the number one nation per capita of deaths in the world. And literally in our church, we have lost hundreds of members to covid so whenever I hear people say something like, oh, this COVID isn't real, I'm saying, no, it's real. Come to, our, come to my church. So uh, for the past year and a half, we have been doing church online. In fact, it's amazing to look at people because for a year and a half, that's what I saw. I was just looking into my camera. We couldn't even get to our cameras in the church. We couldn't, they wouldn't let us drive to the church. So. We just, what we landed with at home when the quarantine hit is what we did church with. But I came to realize, you know, the church, the building was closed, the church never closed. We stayed open and busier than ever, and thank God for it. And just wanna say, thank God for Church of the Redeemer. Thank God, this is our home church. This is uh, the church that we base out of, and your pastor, Uh, is not only one of my counselors and one of the go-to guys for help, but just, like he mentioned, one of my closest friends, probably my closest friend in the world in ministry. I thank God for the life of Pastor Dale. The, The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. It wasn't in the garden, and it isn't today. It's not just about marriage. It's about don't try to do this alone. Don't try to fight this battle alone, this there are some things we need to be together with as a family. And and there's things that when we come together, there's strength in unity and strength when we come together. And thank God that this church has stood with us for these past 35 years. And thank God you stood with us last year. Um, pastor mentioned that barbecue in his backyard. I still remember it. Uh, we were invited to go to his house. Uh, 1986 Labor Day and there was a barbecue going on what he didn't mention was not only did the barbecue happen his wife cooked for the whole church in that little barbecue and there was just a few people that Church of the Redeemer they were members and uh, one of the memories I always have is during in the middle of the barbecue after him having introduced me to the whole church in his backyard uh, Pastor Dale walked into a basement, and it was an empty basement just in a corner, he had his desk. Uh, and he walked me over to his desk. He sat at his desk, and he wrote the first missionary check he's ever written. And the church has never stopped since then. So I, I still have that image of him going down there, and I knew it was a sacrificial gift, of $150, that first missionary check he'd ever written and it was sacrificial and thank God, thank God for these 35 years that you've continued to be a part of our work and us a part of you and an extension. In fact, what I'm gonna to try to do today is a little different. Um, uh, think of it as the Apostle Paul, when he wrote back to the church in the Philippian church, the Thessalonica church, and he said, nobody shared with me in regards to giving except you. So, This is what was done through that giving. Can you imagine being that church through, the Bible says though they were poor, they were continuing to support the Apostle Paul and uh, the rewards that they have in heaven for supporting the Apostle Paul, uh, who went later, you know, wrote half of the New Testament. And I, I don't compare my work at all to the Apostle Paul, but because of your continued giving, I'm coming just to give a report of look what God has done. Amen. Just think about that. Look what God has done. And yeah, I know the pastor is finishing up a series, the relationship series. This last year, 2020, uh, one of the interesting benefits, uh, because usually we're just all busy with our church on the weekends, but we were busy with our church online. But I also got to click online and I have been in your services for the last year as well as in our services, and just enjoying, uh, to me, who is one of the greatest teachers on earth, Pastor Dale O'Shields, keeping the true north through such a a challenging year and keeping the gospel straightforward. So, um, as uh, he's going through this series on relationships, uh, I thank God for the relationship that God has given us. We could not do what we do, were it not for the friendship of Pastor Dale O'Shields and were it not for the home base of our church, Church of the Redeemer. Amen. So just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Uh, I want to read a psalm. Psalm chapter 126. Uh, Read a couple verses in this psalm. Uh, And as I read this, uh, last year as we ended the year 2020, what a, a challenging year, like what a year. Uh, never had a year like that but as I was finishing the year I just was asking God you know give me direction for the year 2021 not for everybody just for me what a word something that I can go on and the word that just was dropped in my heart was the word fill and you know I'll, I'll explain what I mean by the word fill but it's uh, it was just the thing that God wants to fill us again and so In Psalm 126, this was the first verse that came to me with the word fill. It says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them The Lord has done great things for us, and we were filled with joy. When I read that, several things jumped out at me, but one was the Bible says, when the Lord turned again our captivity. How many felt like 2020 was a little bit of captivity? Just a little bit, you know, we're stuck in our houses, stuck in the, you know, with masks and all this stuff that was going on. But the Bible says when the Lord turned again, the quarantine, when the Lord turned again, the captivity, we were filled with laughter. And what got me was it's in God's heart that we laugh. It's in God's heart that he fills us with laughter. And one of the things I see about that is you never laugh alone. We always laugh when we're with friends and when we're together with people or with the family, laughter happens. And, and that's God's heart. He wants to fill us again. Last year to me felt like a little bit of captivity. And in Peru, it still kind of does. We're still under lockdown, uh, still under a lot of the quarantine things that are happening. But uh, God wants to fill us with joy. He wants to fill us again with laughter. Oftentimes when I think about prophecy, especially last year, everybody, uh, a lot of my friends were thinking this is the last days and they started doing end time teachings. And I believe Jesus is coming back and began to look at it myself again. But you know, when I look at the end times, I kind of look at other verses. One of my favorite verses talking about the end times. It's Isaiah 2.2. 2. And Isaiah chapter two, it says, it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house will be established on tops of the mountains and nations will run into it. The Bible says, in the last days, the mountain of his house, his church, will be established and nations will run into it. I love that verse because You see, in the world, there's darkness. In the world, there's a lot of confusion going on. If you follow the ways of the world, somewhere along the line, you will be hurt. There's a hurting world out there, a wounded world out there. It's not the world that God intended. It's a hurt world. When sin came in, thorns began to grow in this world. And, and we're still living in a world full of thorns. And, but the Bible says in his house, nations will begin to see what's going on and they will run to it. I love that verse because what it says is we've got something to offer. We have something to offer. See, God wants to fill not only our mouths with laughter, but he wants to fill his house. The Bible talks about uh, a parable of a king that had a banquet, and in this banquet, he prepared a massive table, and we know that is about God our Father and God our Father is preparing a table, and one day it's gonna be an amazing time, what the Bible calls the the supper of the lamb when we go into that banquet. And And there's this phenomenal banquet being prepared, and the Bible says of this king, when he was finished preparing the table, he sent out All his servants saying, I've invited guests. Go out into the uh, people and tell them the banquet is ready. Come to the table. And sadly, one by one, they began to give excuses. We can't because. We can't because. We can't because. And when the message got back to the king, he says, I don't care. Just go in and invite anybody. It doesn't matter if they think they're worthy or not to come to my table. I want my table full. And what that tells me is God not only wants to fill our mouth with laughter, he wants to fill the table. He wants people to enjoy what it is to, to be around his banqueting table. You see, God does that. He, takes empty lives, and he fills them. God takes lives without purpose, and he gives them purpose, families that are struggling, and he gives that family hope again. You see, the, the thing is, is the need is in the world. The hope is in the church. God has put that hope inside each and every one of us to give hope to a hurting world. One of my verses that just came alive to me last year was this verse in Habakkuk 2:14. I'll read it real quick um, just because I love to confuse the people up on the booth, and I haven't done it the last two services. And, and uh, there is somebody up there. OK. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, it's, listen to what it says. It said, "For the earth will be filled. What's the word I'm talking about? Filled. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as." the waters cover the sea. The earth will be filled. One of the prophecies of the last days, one of the prophecies that he talks about is, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. I like the way it says it in the King James, as surely as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea. How many want to live in that day when the earth is filled with the glory of the Lord, like the waters cover the sea? I do. You can take that more into a personal level. As surely as I live, all of Gaithersburg will be filled with the glory of the Lord like the waters cover the sea. As surely as I live, all of Washington, D.C. and greater Washington area will be filled with the glory of the Lord like the waters cover the sea. Or the way I take it, as surely as I live, all of Peru will be filled with the glory of the Lord. As surely as I live means it's going to happen. He's going to do it. And if he's going to do it, I want to be a part. The thing is this, when we talk about as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory. Oftentimes we get into this mystical interpretation of glory. We think the glory is a cloud that comes in like it did in the Old Testament and sometimes it might show up that way where you've got the Shekinah glory that comes. Uh, This being my first in-person worship service, I have thoroughly enjoyed worshiping with you because worshiping to my phone for the last year and a half has been kinda tough. I feel like I'm doing karaoke to myself. And believe me, I don't have a good enough voice to do karaoke. I need your help alongside me. I need some people that know how to sing next to me. uh, But it's the glory. Sometimes we think the glory is this cloud, this fog that comes in a room and it fills it. But there's a definition of glory that I found that I want to share what this is. It's found in the book of Exodus. It's when Moses is having this conversation with God. And as Moses talks with God, at the end of the conversation, Moses just says to God, it's in Exodus 33 and verse 18, he says, now show me your glory. Have you ever had that prayer yourself? Have you ever said, God, I wanna see your glory? God, show me your glory, bring your glory down, God, we want your glory. The thing is, is we think it's some mystical cloud that comes in and it can be that. But oftentimes we miss the miraculous looking for the spectacular. Oftentimes we miss what God is really trying to do in this. And I love this because when Moses said, God, show me your glory, the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name. Notice what God said. Moses said, God, I want to see your glory. And God said, okay, my goodness will pass in front of you. In other words, if we want to see his glory, let's show people his goodness. The more of his goodness we show, the more of his glory we see. You see, the world is a hurting place. And as the world being a hurting place, what they need to see is God is good. And when we can show the hurting world the goodness of God, they'll begin to see the glory of God. Isn't that what Jesus said when he said, let your light so shine among men that they might glorify God? We want people to see his glory. Well, like I said earlier, Camino de Vida, the church that we have in Lima, the church, the door is closed, but the church is more open than ever before. And and Peru being a third world nation, you you know how hard it was here in the United States when all of a sudden we went into a lockdown here in this country. The, The effects that had on the economy Um, The small businesses. Well, you can imagine the multiplied effect that would have on a third world nation where literally the poor people live day to day. They work each day for the daily meal and they live literally just barely getting by. And when we went into a lockdown in Peru, those people had nothing to eat. These houses are just kind of piled up one on top of another. So They had nothing and we started getting phone calls very quick. The problem was people were saying, can you help us? We have no food, we have nothing to eat and we can't work. But we were also in lockdown. We couldn't get our volunteers out to their houses. We could not get out there to help. So we started gathering things. And the church that was full of people worshiping became a warehouse. We'll put some pictures up uh, of what the church was. We turned it into a warehouse and people began to send supplies in your church. Like I said, that first $150 check began to be a little bit more. And throughout last year, oftentimes, Dale would say, you know, the church is down, the church is down, but he kept giving. And I would call him sometimes saying, Pastor Dale, this is a sacrifice because I know you, you're, you're also going down and you're giving. You're also going down. And he said, no, we'll never stop giving to missions. And he continued to go. So we continued to stock the house. And this is what our church began. These little bags were bags that we prepared to take out to homes just to, to give to people. Our volunteers were given special permits to go. Then we thought, how do we get it out to the people? Well, We work with the military. Sometimes they would take us into the jungles and the mountains and we would do medical clinics and we work with the police department. Sometimes they would take us into dangerous areas and we would pass out food and do some medical clinics. And sometimes we work with the fire department, the guys that were just out there responding to the people. And we started calling them. They were the ones holding the curfew down on the street saying, if we give you some food, can you take it to the people? And they said, absolutely. So I've got a video, if you look at the video, just to give you a background of what it was like, because we started doing these caravans led by the police. And we went into the shantytowns around Peru and began to pass out food. Some of the stories you hear about this is amazing. There's a statistic I remember listening to this. You know, they say in in a war, if 100,000 people die, It's a statistic. But when one dies, it's a tragedy. So we began to feed literally thousands of people a day. And I don't want to talk about thousands because there are a thousand ones and each one was a story. Each one was somebody we got to help along the way. We began to prepare food kitchens and get food out. We found other food kitchens where they needed food and began to stock them with the food. So, village after village all around Lima, this is one of the kitchens that we built. We built several of these and then stocked it with a stove, and this was while it was being built, that same kitchen. So, God began to to help us help others. You know, the, the Bible says that you will be blessed. How many want to be blessed? To be a blessing. The reason for blessing is not just to stay with us, it's so we can bless others. Well, the church began to be a warehouse We found that the military and the police can help us get donations out. We've got some pictures of the police department helping us and the military. I love this because they actually would send us out in helicopters to small villages in the jungle with our volunteers, with sacks of food, and with some doctors that we got to go out there and help them. And then the police department would come along inside and we got to go out with them. The fire department came along and we were able to do what I said. If we show people His goodness, they begin to see His glory. Because every time we would give a donation, a bag of groceries, or some food to somebody, their first answer was, thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's the it's natural response, thank you, Lord, because of the help that was coming in. So, Uh, One of the areas that we were known for, and we still do, but it began to be a challenge, you know, sometimes you just shift, sometimes you adjust. Paul said it this way, he said in, in 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul said, though I am in bounds, I'm in prison. The word of God is not in prison. And I took that verse and I said, you know, we're in quarantine, but his word isn't in quarantine. His word still works. His word still goes out and accomplishes the purpose it was given for. So in a world that's hurting like this, how can we help people? We have a wheelchair ministry that your church has been a part of for many, many years, probably over 20 years. We started giving wheelchairs away to some of the poorest of the poor. Because some of the poorest of the poor in South America are disabled that can't afford a wheelchair. And and they live at the mercy of somebody that... You've got a their neighbor, their brother has to pick them up and take care of them. And when we give them a wheelchair, a wheelchair can cost $500. They make maybe $10 a month. They could never own their own wheelchair. But before COVID, we'd given away close to 70,000 free wheelchairs. When COVID came along, we, we couldn't stop. They still needed some chairs. So we found creative ways to to bring them over to the offices and continue to pass out chairs. And uh, we've given away at least 1,500 chairs in the year 2020 and over four or 500 this year so far. It's because, you see, if they see the goodness, they will see the glory. Sometimes we look at the glory as that mystical thing, but it's often very practical. Jesus he said, if you shine your light before them, they will see the glory. We continue to build the kitchens. We continued to build uh, feeding areas. In fact, I just got a, a video this afternoon that we built a house for a poor family today. We built several houses for poor families. But one of the joys is we build churches in the jungle. We would go into the Amazon area, up the tributary, some of the poorest areas, some of the hardest hit areas because there's no, the COVID was going through them, but there's no hospital nearby, no place to go, very hard hit. And we said, we still got to build churches. So this picture came to me just yesterday because this church was finished the day before yesterday. This is up the tributary of the Amazon River And I I love this because when I showed the the camera or the people yesterday uh, to put this picture up, they said, where's the parking lot? Well, number one, there's no cars in the jungle, but let me show you the parking lot, okay? This is the parking lot. They drive their boats right up to the front, their little canoes, and, and we got to build this church. This year, we have built seven churches so far into these villages. A couple more things just to mention, you know, we have this thing called the kids' club. Our kids' club was something we started way before COVID. We went into some of the poorest of the poor areas around Shantytowns in Lima, and we gathered what we called a kids' club and we began to feed them. We were feeding 400 children uh, every day in the kids' clubs, uh, but when COVID hit, we began to feed the children and their families. And then we began to say, what other itch is there that we can scratch? And we found out, like many of them here, schools closed down, and these children were missing their entire year of school because they have no access to internet. There's no internet in their neighborhood. So we worked with the local government and found a way to get internet, and we put internet in little tents and we were going out with little tents on the street, helping kids to continue with their progress, so we kept them in school all year through these little sidewalk internets. (laughs) Finish this with one or two other stories. There's so much more we could talk about, but you know we have a house called the Grace House. Your church has been a part of this. It's one of the joys, and... One of the hurts that we have, the hurts because don't you just hate it when people get abused? We rescue young girls who are suicidal, anorexic, bulimic. Every one of them has been sexually abused. Every one of them has seen things that no young girl should ever see. Every single one of them. And oftentimes I would see these young girls and listen to their stories. I know we've had Pastor Dale out there and listen to their testimonies. And, and when we hear the testimony of these girls, you, you listen to what they've gone through and you just think in your heart, no young girl, no young child should ever see what they've seen. And all we say is this, we can't change their past, but we can change their future. And we began with the Grace House, but then the Grace House had to close their in-person, being in the house, we couldn't take the girls in. So we said, we've got to continue to help the girls. So we went into an online format. There's a picture of one of the girls studying online. This girl actually started online and graduated online. We were able to multiply the number of young girls that we've been able to help in the Grace House, so much so that we started getting calls about young boys that were abused. So we started opening up the, what we call the Refuge House, and the Refuge Houses, where we now rescue young boys and young girls through the Grace House. Last thing we'll show you is this, the orphanage. For almost 30 years, we've been rescuing young children, taking care of them in our orphanage. And the orphanage was one of the biggest challenges because we could not shut it down during COVID. We had to keep it going. We have no place to send the children. So it was a challenge to get the workers to and from during quarantine and curfew. And with the military on the streets, thank God for the police and the military that helped us get the workers to and from there. And thank God for some amazing workers that went the second mile to continue to take care of these kids. But what you're seeing in these pictures is just a few months ago, you, your church helped us put a classroom in there where each child now has continued to go on in their studies. They're up to date. In fact, we have 17 of our kids that have come out of the home, going through university, going through college, and we thank God. See, I say all this because this is what you're doing this is like, the, like what I said, Paul saying to the Macedonian church because of your giving. And Church of the Redeemer, thank you. Because we're able to show his goodness. People are seeing his glory. One of the amazing statistics is this. Is on an average year, we would serve, and we're quiet about this number because I'm overwhelmed when I heard this number because only God gets the credit for this. But on an average year, we were attending face-to-face close to 90,000 people a year. In the year 2020, when we went into lockdown, we ministered face-to-face to to 231,000 people. And this year alone, we're over 90,000 people through the end of May. See, when we show his goodness, people see his glory. So if the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea, sometimes it's just us being kind to a neighbor. Sometimes it's finding somebody who the world has treated roughly and bringing them to a place where they find the answer in Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for Church of the Redeemer Thank you for their friendship and the relationships that this church has stood by our side all these years. And because of that, God, you get the glory. You get all the glory. And we thank you that you've used us, and I thank you that you've used this congregation to bring your glory down to South America so people can give thanks to God for all that you've done. Father, we worship you and I thank you for Church of the Redeemer. I pray you bless this church, bless this family as we come together in Jesus' name, amen.
0: And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.